Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, this is Mike Tram here. You know him from White Lion, but I've also done 11 solo albums. You're listening to Cobra and Fire, and rock and roll is not dead. Call is now being recorded. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for calling me. No problem. So, uh, what I'd like to do today is to talk about your current current album and then kind of hit on a couple uh, milestones of your career. Would that be okay? Always. All right. So, yeah. So, your latest album is called Stray from the Flock. Uh, could you kind of explain that title? Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I might as well have called the first album in 97 that, you know, because, I mean, after White Lion and, and, and the sh- other band I had, Freak of Nature, when I went solo, I um, it was very important that um, my solo career stood by itself and was not a continuation of either bands. And um, it was also clear to me that a lot of People, a lot of other bands um, were kind of clinging to to th- this this style of of rock and roll, or maybe even more the image of the '80s, even though it was it, it, it was dying out and stuff like that. To me, it was more about staying true to myself and returning back home to who I am as a songwriter, 
how I how I am as a solo artist and stuff like that. And and ever since the first album and now up until the album that I find it called Stray from the Flock, that has been my intention of of standing by myself, making it very clear to the rock and roll fans that when they reach for my tramp in their CD, uh, you know, on their CD shelf and stuff like that, or whatever they have their CDs or albums or vinyls or whatever, you're going to get my tramp. You're not going to get the things he was affiliated with. No, I, I definitely get that from the, the new album. And, um, yeah, I mean, the produ- by the way, the production on it is excellent. Did, did, I have, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, by now, um, I think I should have, have, you know, it down. But the, the biggest point of this is that when I go into something, I am crystal clear in my head that there is not any form of experimentation to this. It is simply an extension of my tramp and each, each album of now the 11 solo albums have been and is a moment or let's just say a two-year period caught of my trans life and 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 put in there so so the listener or the fan that's collecting all these albums i'm following that journey and and on on the on the last four albums it has been the nomadic motorcycle rider that is going down the endless highway and you're following his life in that way. And I, 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 you know, even though I hadn't necessarily created it that way, it just feels natural to me that that is what is happening. And I'm, 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 um, I'm very confident and very, uh, very uh, comfortable with, with, uh, with telling these stories about my life, where I am in my personal life, uh, my family, my, you know, my journey, my my misery, my happiness, my pain, my anger, my view of the world, my my you know, my uh, dissatisfaction with governments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is a journey, and the greatest reward come that when after the show I meet the fans, and they reflect that this album is about their life. Sure. I mean, yeah, you've never stopped recording from and putting out music uh, from day one. So, um, would you what what two songs would you recommend kind of as gateway drugs for somebody to check out first um, to get to convince them to get the the album? Well, um, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I would definitely say, I mean, that, let's let's start with the first single, which is "Dead End Ride," which would probably would would have one thousand million percent. Uh, my tramp DNA and this is you cannot get closer to what my tramp is in that song and at the same time you can then jump over to no closure which is as deep as my tramp can go in revealing personal um issues subjects in in his life okay excellent and the one that was kind of a standout for me too is was no end to war i mean you start off the album with well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't think there's a lot of people from my period of time, my comrades, my competition from the 80s, that would open an album with an, with an eight and a half minute, you know, epic. <laughs> right. That, that also makes strong statements. Um, I am, and, and listen, to the listener, I'm not out there to, 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 you know, to, to like back on anyone, but I do feel that once again, I stand very, 
very much on my own when it comes to to lyrics and subjects that I write about compared to anyone else that has continued of the 80s where most of the artists are sort of continuing with the same thing they did in 88. So so no end to war, you know, like some people say, it's almost like it's a continuation of when the children cry. Well, yeah. not not musically, not right. musically, but the, the point is that in 1985, when I sat in New York and I wrote When the Children Cry, Reagan was the president, the Cold War was going on, there was a wall through Berlin, uh, Germany, etc., etc., America was very strong, there were nobody going around, you know, you know, shaming other people from, from wearing certain sort of items that represent a political stand or something. People were in, incredibly free in many ways. Now we are in 2019, and When the Children Cry is even more current than it was in 85. Hence, here I come with no end to war that, that the prophecy, <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking big words here, the prophecy I made at that time is is as just you know come true there is no end to war and we're we're giving our children a garbage dump to live in yeah and, and i believe it i don't remember the exact lyric but you you pretty much name check when the children cry in in there if i'm not correct i mean if i am correct yes well uh, reference to it and, and yeah i saw a sort of reference you know you know children will always represent the birth of something, um, in many ways, as a metaphor. And when you, when you when it gets down to the children, you have reached the bottom of everything. That you know, one thing is men on the battlefield hacking it out in the old days when the Vikings invaded England and they were fighting the Saxons. Here came the men with the axes and they came on the swords. There were no children involved. Now, now dictators in the Middle East are going in and, and, and dropping gas bombs and, and, and chemicals into neighborhoods where families are living. That's the warfare of modern day. Yes. So, um, this is going to be kind of an awkward transition from that. But There's nothing awkward in rock and roll anymore. All right, good. What's kind of a, a, an expectation of what is successful now as far as streams or, or or downloads or or things like that what, what's kind of what are you looking for exactly well people are, people are always talking about statistics in everything i mean everything is just a statistic everything is about how many trophies you got on your shelves how many platinum records the true success is seeing your final product and up being 100 percent what you set out for it to be the second success is the is the is the praise from the fans the third, or maybe the fourth, is when the press <laughs> likes it. But the music I do for myself, it is a self-expression of of, of 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 my feelings. It's my it's my diary. It's 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 you know I throw it out in the opening, and you know and and you know when when a lot of fans, I don't even want to call them fans anymore. I think it's almost the rugged. I think I think they're they're friends of of music, you know. When when they find themselves and their life in my songs, it is just makes it even more real because I sing about real things. Very cool. 
<laughs> okay, so um, now we're going to jump back in time a little bit because I, I, you know you have a very interesting, varied career. And you know, when you, how do you make that leap from from having a, a, you know a pretty much the balls to go from you know Denmark to the U.S. to, to pursue a musical career? How do you, how do you make that leap? Well, I mean, I I, th- I think it's it's probably you, you know the no fear in that way. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you sometimes you you just follow what what maybe you know seems to be like a natural thing to do. I mean, you know, I mean, I hadn't planned ever of uh, on entering into the music um, world. Um, I had an acoustic guitar in my house. My mom had given me and my two brothers. We sat around and strummed around on some Dylan songs and some folk music, late 60s, early 70s, when suddenly I got, you know, an offer or a door to go, you know, and do an audition for a band that were 10 years older than me. <clears throat> I'm 15 and a half years old. I'm still in school. <laughs> and I asked my mom if it's okay that I drop out of school and join a band. I mean that's a movie right there. Um yeah. I I think my mom looked at our situation, you know, we come from very little and said, Well, you know, it's one less plate on the table. And she crossed her fingers and, and you know, forty two forty two years later on, here I am and you know, I don't owe anybody anything. I've never taken a bank loan, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's one of those things, you know, um, I've, I've come. I come to the realization of of of, of, of choosing a, a, a simple, doable lifestyle. Um, but at the same time, I make no compromise on my music. I will not compromise even an inch. But what age were you when you when you moved uh, to the U.S. to, to pursue music? Yeah, I'd already I'd already moved from Denmark to Spain when I was eighteen, and I lived in Spain. Um, in three years, and in '82, when I came to America, I was 21 years old. Okay. And um, I never returned back home. Yeah. You know, and I was there for the next 22 years until one day um, I had a conversation with my 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 wife at that time and and my and our six year old son, and uh, we decided to do an even bigger jump. So uh, we jumped from Lake Tahoe or Nevada to Tasmania, Australia. Uh, for those who have the time Jeez. to look at a map, that is the last final island on on Earth before you hit the South Pole. <laughs> All right, then. So, you know, you, you move to the U.S. You, you're you're pursuing your music career, and the first, if I'm not mistaken, the first name. I don't know if it's the complete final lineup for the White Lion, but it was called the Danish Lions. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, the, 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 it wasn't called the Danish Lion. It's just that that's that CD, that bootleg CD that that exists of the last recording I did with my Danish guys that had come over to America in '82. Um, the band was called Lion, but that's really just to separate that from from you know to put it kind of like you know sort of in the right place in the library and and. Uh, that was the band that played in, 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 in the Brooklyn Rock Club Lamore in 1982, the same night that a band called Dreamer played there who had a guitar player called Vito Brada. This is where I met Vito. This is where I realized that he was 
worlds ahead of the guitar players I was playing with, and that was the guy I needed to play with to fulfill my musical vision. And and sure. only three months later, after we had returned to Denmark, I returned to the USA, and I, I contacted Vito the same night um, um, I arrived, and, and the next day we got together and we started White Lion. Yeah, and it was kind of about that too. So uh, when you pick the the name White Lion, you know, and they weren't as big as – all you guys kind of hit at the same time, but the whole – uh, we make a joke about it. a lot of bands currently always have black in their name. Uh, you know, Black Label Society, Black Blackstone Cherry, etc. It seems like every other band has that. Now, when you came up with the name, um, kind of White Lion, White Snake, and Great, Great White kind of hit uh, to the, the next level all at the same time. Was that, um, you know, I guess my I, question I, is, was there any I concern? Hate, I, hate, I hate my band was called Lion, and Vito and I had continued with that name. We found out there was a band in California called Lion, and um, and so we we got together, and everybody was sitting there trying to come up with names. And Vito came up with White Lion, and I hated the name. I hated the name so bad; I thought it was horrible. <laughs> okay. Even though I had come up with Lion, which was also just really just a like like a, a substitute until I found the right name. But we stuck with the name, and the name had no meaning. I mean, at the same time, there was actually a, 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 another band in New York called White Tiger, and, and right. you know, um, we, we were not aware of Great Great White, and we didn't even think about White Snake at that time. You know, at the time of of, of us picking White Lion, White Snake was still a British rock and blues band that had right. not been made into an '80s band. They were a great English rock band, a continuation of Deep Purple, so they were not even something we were thinking and, 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 and listening to at that time. So there was, there was no meaning behind it except for Vito said White Lion, and we stuck with the name, and the rest is just history. Gotcha, gotcha. And, and this is something I never, I mean, I've seen this movie multiple times, but um, how is the connection yeah. with producer and management that gets you into um, the money pit? Well, it's a time. It's a, just a period of time in '85, in the, in the summer of '85, and we don't really have a lot of gigs, and you know, we're not doing a lot. And, and then suddenly they um, they come up with this offer that that uh, and, and there's a, there's a the movie, you know, that's being shot in New York, and they need a rock band for 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 an, for a scene and stuff like that. And we end up going down there, and you know, it turns it turns out to that we're supposed to be be part of this, this this video shoot that is going wrong and, and you know, hence the title of Money Pit that the manager's throwing money away, you know. <laughs> right. And we're supposed to be dressed up as gigantic flies in this big Venus flytrap stage and everything goes <laughs> wrong. And it also goes wrong when we're doing the scene that the actually the director scraps that whole scene and says, You guys have your 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 own clothes and stuff like where they says yeah we got in the back and we just end up dressing up as white line and then we go off and do it as it you know the rest is history. No, it's just funny to see you guys in the background with with Tom. Yeah, Hanks, it is very know, funny. It's, it's very funny. So, um, but yeah, so you know, um, you know things continue on, and I recall a time in the early two thousands where um, I lived in Valparaiso, Indiana. I remember seeing an ad. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, but it was, I saw Tramp's White Lion. And, you know, um, it just seems interesting that, that throughout that, you're kind of, you 
have the name, you couldn't use the name, but yet there's not, in, a lot of times it's usually like there's two LA Guns or there's two, you know, versions of a band there, but, or Queenstrike, but it, there was never a competing one. So what was that kind of, um, I guess the reason to, to stop well, I mean, it? First, first of all, I'm, I have, I have gone out and I have both, both apologized and I've all said with much regret, this was something that, that I shouldn't have done. I did not want to do White Lion again. When I broke up White Lion in 91, I was done with that thing. And, and, and the four albums that the band has made is the history of that band. This was a week, it was a time in, in, you know, at a moment in time where, where I felt to weakness and, and thought that this was actually going to, going to be a, a bigger financial success and people say, oh, fuck, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I went out there and very, very quickly I realized that it was something that I didn't want to do because I started changing the sound of the band. I actually started making White Lion sounding more like UFO or something like with a big keyboard, Hammond B3 or stuff like that. And later on, so it's just with much regret and, and you know, obviously Vito, Vito came out and says, I don't want anybody, you know, besides us to be White Lion. I don't want to, I don't want to turn on YouTube and see a clip saying White Lion live in Arkansas and then see another guitar player. Mike Tram and Vito Brada was White Lion and that's the way I want to see it. And it took me a lot of years to realize that and and respect him and understand that. And over the last couple of years, he and I speak once a month and we're really good terms and we are happy and we know that White Line will never happen again. The memories are on those four albums and that is the way it will be till the end of time. Final question here. Do you want to talk about freaking nature? Well, I can, I can, you know, I can say, I can take the final word. The thing is, the thing is life goes on. And there are a lot of artists out there that want to dwell in the past and want to try to keep the past with them today. It is simply possible. Most most of us don't look the same way we did in 1988. This, I mean, it's 30 years ago. You know, some people actually decide to change. Some people actually decide to move on with their life and, and things like that. Musically, I followed what was in my heart. And when I, when my tram went solo, he went solo, and this is how my tram sounds when he writes the songs by himself, and 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 when he stands on his own two feet. And now eleven solo albums later on, it is as crystal clear as anything of who my tram is as an artist, and he will remain there. Very cool. Well, how about um, we play us out with a track from Stray from the Flock? What would you like us to play? Well, I would, I would, I would, I mean, if you have the time, play No End to Walk, but I would be happy if you played Dead End Ride. Okay. I will make, I will make that decision last minute. They're both excellent songs, but thank you, Mike. I know you've got an interview coming up in just a few minutes, and uh wish you all the su- success on the tour. I appreciate all the support I get from you guys, and I appreciate all the support and praise I get from the rock and roll fans in the big country of America. Thank you so very much. Uh, before you jump off, can you do a quick ID? If yeah, you sure. mind? Okay. Just, you know, just basically, this is Mike Tramp. Um, you're listening to Cobras on, Cobras and Fire, Rock is Not Dead. That's our, that's our tagline. Cobalt and Fire. No, no. <laughs> well, that's pretty funny, but Cobras, like the snakes, Cobras and Fire. A, co- a cobra, Cobra and Fire. Yeah, Cobra and Fire, Rock is Not Dead. That's all, that's all I need, please. 
Hey there, this is Mike Tram here. You know him from Wide Lion, but I've also done 11 solo albums. You're listening to Cobra and Fire, and rock and roll is not dead. That is perfect. Thank you very much for your time, Mike. You got Mike, it, brother. And, uh, all right. Thank you, Bye brother. Now.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 